0: Welcome to the Social Mavericks podcast, the show for content creators who dare to be different. Here's what's in store for today's episode of the podcast. In today's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be teaching you the five secrets for a five figure launch. Earlier this year, I launched two digital products. Both of those launches earned me five figures in sales. So, what I thought I would do is give you the tips, the tricks, the strategies, and the tactics so that you can launch an ebook, an online course and maximize your sales. But first, before we get into that detail, I want to tell you about a free webinar that I'm going to be running on the 29th and the 30th of September. If you are someone who is creating carousels for your business and you're struggling to actually get people to purchase your product, download your free lead magnet or anything of that nature, this webinar is going to be perfect for you. It's all designed to show you how to create carousels that sell. So if you wanna know how to plan the carousel, how to write the copy for the carousel, how to actually design the carousel in such a way that it actually converts your readers, your followers into paying clients, then you'll want to register your free place for this webinar that takes place on the 29th and the 30th of September. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes of this podcast or go to canvacontentmastery.com forward slash carousel and then register your free place. But for now, let's get back to those five secrets for a five-figure launch. So let's talk about how you can effectively launch a digital product and actually maximize sales. Now, I'm not here to say you will definitely, definitely, definitely have a five-figure launch with this process, but certainly you are gonna maximize your sales. A lot of it depends on the price point, the actual product itself, and there are so many factors that you can't necessarily guarantee a specific financial outcome. But what I can guarantee is that if you follow this process meticulously, then you will maximize your opportunity to make the most amount of sales possible. So let's get stuck into this one and start giving you those secrets for your five-figure launch. The first one is that you need a great product that people want. Too often, entrepreneurs, business owners, they launch a product because they think it's a great idea. They've sat at home or in their office, they've scribbled away these ideas and come up with this master plan, this online course with 100 million videos or this ebook that's 255 pages long and thought that this is the best resource that money could buy. It's gonna solve every problem for your target audience. But actually, sometimes what you think is a great idea is not what your audience thinks is a great idea, and it's not what they want to buy. So we have to make sure that these things connect. We have to make sure that, yes, we have a great idea, but we also need to make sure that our audience also think it's a great idea. Now, the best way to figure that out, is not by kind of just sitting behind your computer screen and never talking to anyone. It's actually getting out there and asking your audience. First of all, back to marketing 101 is kind of know who you're trying to sell to. There's lots of information about there about niching, micro-niching, all this sort of stuff. And when it comes to Instagram, that's a whole different ball game about whether you should niche and how far you should niche and things like that. But let's talk about selling things. When we come to selling things, we really do want to know our audience. What problems are they struggling with? What do they need help with? What are they thinking at the time of which our product might become the best solution for them? How are they feeling? How is this problem kind of manifesting in their lives and things like that? We kind of understand our audience a little bit more. Asking your audience what they want is often the best way to create the right product. So maybe all you need to do is contact your email list. Send out an email and say, hey, I'm thinking about creating this course or this product, is this something you'd be interested in? If so, hit reply, let me know, or fill out this form and kind of give me some ideas of what you would want to see in that particular online course or this ebook, or what's the biggest challenge that you're struggling with right now that I could create a resource for to help you overcome that? And again, just by asking your audience, just soliciting that information, and this is actually going to lead into some of the other little secrets, the insider tips that I'll come on to a little bit later is they're actually sowing the seed for that sale by getting that person involved in the solution at the beginning. So it's not necessarily we've launched this product and now this is the first time someone's heard about it and they feel like potentially they're just being sold to. Well, actually they felt like they were part of that idea coming to fruition. They had an input into the creation of that, and therefore they're a little bit more invested in potentially purchasing that. Obviously, we've got to make sure that all of the mechanics, the pricing, and all that sort of stuff matches up, but we're stacking the odds in our favor by engaging our audience at an early stage. So yes, email blast, go out to your social media uh, audience and your following across all the different platforms that you use, and find out what they want. It seems like a really basic thing, but so many people just skip this step. They just think, bang, I've got this awesome idea. Let's go make it and let's go, you know, just create this thing and everybody will buy it. And I think that that's one of the mistakes that people make. So To summarize point number one, make sure you have a great idea and make sure your audience also think it's a great idea. Now, my second point is all about the actual launch itself, because too many people launch a product in the wrong way. If I was to map this out on a graph, let's say, for example, we've got down the y-axis, the vertical axis, we've got. Promotion, the amount of promotional activity that happens. And then we've got time across the bottom. So from the point at which you know they've started thinking of this particular idea to the point at which it goes live, for most people, there's pretty much zero promotion. Nothing really happens in that time. And then there's this massive spike of promotional activity just as the product goes launch. It says, hey, I've got this awesome product, this ebook, this online course, go buy it, go buy it, go buy it, and then it all dies down a few days later once that product is then live. And this is the totally wrong way to think about it because what we need to do is actually build some anticipation. We need a pre launch strategy and, in some cases, a pre pre launch strategy. If you've ever read the book Launch, then you would know that kind of this is really a staple of that. Particular launch formula that the author goes through in that particular book. So when we're thinking about our pre-launch strategy, we now need to start again. We sow the seed by maybe incorporating them in the actual, you know, design of the product itself. But now we're going to keep that momentum going, keep building that anticipation. So what I would recommend you do, and I'll give you a list of bullet points to kind of think about here. First of all, you want to email your subscribers. You want to post about it on social media and you wanna run it past your client. So we kind of covered that one already. The next thing that we want to do is get people to pre-register their interest. So we've got a launch for a product that may be two or three months down the line. What we wanna do is get people on an email list that is a clear indication that they are interested in this product. So what you want to do is set up a squeeze page or an email grabber page that is just going to say, I've got this product launching, you can register your interest here for more information about GoLive and potentially some exclusive offers and things like that for doing so. And this is where you really need to think about, okay, well, why is someone gonna give me their email address? It's important to you because it's signaling that someone is potentially interested in this product. And rather than just having a blanket email list full of, subscribers that have been there for a while, you've now got this small nucleus of people who have really stuck their hand up and said, yes, I want this digital product when you launch it. So in order to get that email address, we need to offer something in return. And to do that, the best way that I found and what I did with my online course, Canva Content Mastery, was offer an exclusive bonus. So what happened there is that I gave them priority access to the product at the launch date. If you pre-registered your email address with my online course, well, you got an extra discount. So for the first 24 hours that the product was live, you got an exclusive discount that nobody else did. And therefore, it made sense that if you wanted to, you know, have this digital product, this online course, Canva Content Mastery, you wanted to up your Canva skills and things like that, then it would make sense to say, well, I don't wanna pay another £20 more because I didn't give my email address to this guy two months ago or a week ago or whatever it may be. So by saying, okay, you can pre-register your interest and in exchange, I'm going to give you an exclusive launch day bonus. It might be that you give an extra module of the course or a couple of extra bonus lessons to people that pre-register their interest or something like that, but you're giving them a, a reason You're giving them a reason to actually do this, and whether that is through additional products or it's through an exclusive limited time offer, that's a great way to do it. Essentially, the way you're looking at this is make it a no-brainer for them to give you their email address. So basically, that's what we want to do. Whether we're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever it is that you're posting stuff, really conversions for your digital course will happen on email. That's where we need to get our people to give us that information. We need to get people on an email list because that's where the highest conversions are gonna happen. So always think about in your pre-launch strategy is that you're grabbing emails of potential customers. That is the, the biggest thing that you need to start doing. The other thing that you can do and this is kind of just alluding to the fact that the launch really even starts before you even create the product. So you can put a you know, a pre-registration email list out there way before you even start creating the product. But you can also start showing the process. So again, you're building anticipation. You're maybe showing some behind the scenes. Let's say, for example, that you are creating an ebook. You can show all of like screenshots of various different pages coming together. You can screenshot the contents page so people can kind of see, wow, yeah, I really need this ebook. This looks like it's got everything I need. You can show behind the scenes reels of you filming the actual online course if you're creating video tutorials and you can kind of start to piece this together to build the anticipation that this is coming and it's the reason why apple do so well with their launches obviously they have a great product that people want they hit the first one the second point is that they build anticipation that's why they have queues around the block for all of their different products because they create anticipation in certain ways they release information by their annual event. They're showcasing event. They say, this product is coming. We're developing this M1 chip. We're developing this phone. And it's got this technology, and it's coming out on this day. They just build lots of anticipation, and then they just have... You know, queues and queues of customers just begging to buy that product as fast as possible. And that's where you want to get to with your digital product. Okay, you're not Apple, but in the the same principle is you want to create the same level of anticipation. So that's secret number two is that your launch really starts before you even create the product. And the main aim is to start building anticipation. Now, secret number three is exceed expectations and get people talking. So we've created anticipation. We've created the idea that people want this product and they've kind of signaled to say, yes, I really want to buy this digital product. It sounds like it's perfect for me. Great. Now what we have to do is actually deliver the goods because if you create a terrible product, well, then your launch and your sales are also going to be terrible. So now you have to make sure this is where you kind of earn your money shall we say, you need to really over-deliver. So when you promise you're gonna create this online course or you're gonna create this ebook that's gonna have all of this information in it, it's gonna change the game of social media for everybody that reads it and watches it and takes the course, make sure you deliver. Give everything that you can to make sure that is on point. And one of the tips that I learned from launching Canva Content Mastery twice was that spend more time planning than creating. So the first iteration of my course was really done on a little bit of a shoestring budget and it was also done very, very quickly. And what happened there is because it was a video course, well, It turned out that actually I ended up going back and re-recording multiple videos multiple times because I didn't do enough planning. So I would get through, say, a module, then get to halfway through another video and actually go, actually, I need to go back to that other module and change that because I've kind of change my approach here and I kind of should be talking about this in this video, not that video. And it created a lot of rework for me. Now the product still was great and to the user, there was no real difference in terms of the benefit they got from the course. But for me, in terms of the headache of creating it and editing it and all of that time, it's much easier to plan something way in advance before you even start creating. So skip forward about six months, five months, something like that, when I released the second version of Canva Content Mastery, well, that was then four weeks in the planning. Now it was about, two or three months in the actual launch process, but actually creating the course itself was about a four week process. The first three weeks of that was all about time spent planning. So that was about saying, okay, well this is the content of the course. This is the content of each lesson. This is what I'm gonna talk about in each lesson. These are the resources that I need in place to be able to teach what's in each of those lessons, and so on and so forth, making sure that that planning was meticulous. The actual recording took three days. Then there was editing, building web pages, go live, all of those sorts of things. So by making sure that I put time and effort into planning, the actual creation process was much, much smoother. So make sure that you do that planning phase. The next thing that I would say is that the technology matters and think about the user experience. So you might be kind of someone who listens to Gary Vee. Lots of great information about being an entrepreneur and kind of taking action and things like that. Then there's kind of his viewpoint that, you know, Just get on with it. Don't let things get in the way. You know you can sort things out. Just go live. Just create, and all this sort of stuff, which which is true. If the fact that you know technology shouldn't prevent you launching, because I launched a product that was on a shoestring budget. The videos were done on a really basic webcam and things like that. But. It was a five-figure launch. It made £25,000 in the first seven days. And the product was fantastic. Very well received by everybody that took the course. But I knew that we could do better. We could do better with the technology. And... When we think about technology, we think about two sides of the technology. There's technology for you as the business owner and there's technology for the actual user themselves. So what we want to do is make sure that that user experience from the point of purchase or even to the point of inquiry going on the web page, through to the point of purchase, receiving the product, getting access to the product, we want to make sure that's all smooth. Now, when I launched the first version of my digital product, I had four systems trying to talk to each other. I had a payment system, I had my website, I had a membership Membership plugin, I had a membership management plugin, all trying to manage things. And what happened was I went live and it didn't work. Now, despite testing it, the sheer volume of transactions meant that the system couldn't cope with it. So I was there, sat to the wee hours of the morning creating logins for everybody manually. And I'd first vowed I'm never gonna do that again. Never ever 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 ever. So I invested in different technology. So I moved to Kajabi to manage my online course, the website all of those payment transactions happen through that one site much, much smoother. So understanding that the technology matters for you as a business owner is important, but we also wanna make sure that the user experience is good as well. So we need to get that blend. The next thing I would say is launch and test. So yes, we've said technology matters, but sometimes you need to actually have that launch to test what does and doesn't work. So you have to have that balance and say, well, okay, well, I don't want to wait for this perfect technological solution that could be, you know, three years before I can afford it and things like that. If your product can deliver value and it can deliver value now, then find the best way to get that live that doesn't cause you the amount of pain and heartache that it did me, but get that product live, start earning sales. Because for me, yes, I had those issues of creating manual logons and things like that, but I made 25 grand in seven days, which then funded improvements in my website platform, in lighting, in camera equipment, in microphones, and all those sorts of things that meant actually then the subsequent launch of the product and the subsequent version of the product was much, much better. So again, think about all of those things that help you exceed expectations and get people talking, but also make your life easier as the content creator and business owner. Secret number four is build a referral network. This is particularly important if you have a small following online. And in some niches, it can be quite difficult to do it, but it is always possible, and there are alternatives as well. So what we wanna do here is we want to leverage the size of large accounts, people who have amassed social media followings that are way in excess of the ones that we have. For example, now I got a little bit of heat when I did a live Q&A soon after my first launch, basically talking about some of the process steps that I took in order to launch that product. And a little bit of the feedback I have from someone listening was that, well, that's not fair because you had so-and-so promoting your product. And then I kind of looked at that and thought, well, is it not fair or is it just a very smart business strategy? And I think it's the latter. Now, it's important to recognize that building a referral network is not just about handing out 10% discount codes to anybody and everybody who you meet. It's a really considered process where you're actually creating business partnerships with key people that you know, that you like, that you trust and are strategic assets to your business and your digital product. So for example, you might want to find people who believe in your product. You want people to really understand that this product that you've created, ebook or online course, is something of real value that they really love themselves. You want to make sure that they really support you. They understand who you are as a person or who you are as a company, and they believe in your messaging and things like that, and things are aligned. You also want to make sure that they're not in direct competition. And the best way to find partners is to look for people who have an audience that would potentially purchase your product, obviously. You then want to say, okay, does this product fill a gap in their service offering? So for example, I partnered with people who were teaching people how to build businesses but didn't necessarily focus on design. So, my course, Canva Content Mastery, was focused on helping people, small business entrepreneurs, create better design, social media content to help support and promote their businesses. So, if someone's teaching businesses how to, I don't know, build email lists and use Active Campaign, build a website, all these sorts of things, they're all component parts that an entrepreneur or small business owner might need. And then my product fills a gap in their portfolio by saying, well, this is how you create awesome designs. So by selecting those people very, very strategically, I'm not just doing a scattergun approach to having anybody and everybody who's got 10,000 followers plus promote the product and being very strategic with those selections. Then what you want to think about is how much commission you pay. Now you might see people promoting various different, I don't know, cosmetic products, nutrition supplements, whatever the niche may be, is that they have a 10% discount code or something like that. We're not looking at doing that because if you offer someone 10%, that's not really that much of an incentive for them to go and do a lot of legwork to sell that product on your behalf. Whereas if you kind of go for 40%, 50%, in some cases a little bit more, now it becomes a really viable income stream for that, that referral partner, because now they're going to actively go and promote your product because they can see this as an income stream, again, depending on what the price point is of your product. And when you think about this, some people will say, well, I'm not giving away 50% or 40% of my sales because I spent so much time and effort creating this digital product. Why would I do that? Well, when you think about it a little bit differently and say, okay, right, you could have flogged you know, your guts out, trying to grow your audience on social media to try and eke out a few extra thousand followers, try and then sell some more products, or you can just access multiple accounts that have got, I don't know, 150,000 followers or more. And then let's say, okay, My digital product is done. The ebook's written, it's launched, it's live, the online course has been recorded, the video tutorials are out there, all the resources are done, my work is done now. I don't have to do anything. Now the next thing is that, actually I don't have to promote that at all either. The referral partner is now doing my sales job for me. So if I'm literally doing nothing, once that product is live and I've got this referral network, this army of people who believe in my product, who really actively want to promote it, well, now I'm making sales by not actually doing anything whatsoever. So this is where referral networks and referral partnerships really come into their own. Now, you might say, hey, Simon, well, that's going to be a little bit difficult for me in my niche for whatever reason. Okay, if that's the case, I understand it might not be something that everybody can do depending on what they do and what industry they're in. The other option is to focus on collaborations on, say, Instagram, for example. So one thing that a lot of people don't do enough of is collaborate with other people. They often see people as competition. Whereas actually we're not in competition because there's so many, I don't know, coaches or business coaches or fitness coaches or whatever it is that you're doing. There's so many people offering that sort of service and so many people wanting it. Well, actually, if we come to this with a mindset of abundance, we can collaborate. We can help each other grow. You can go and do live streams, live Q&As with other coaches in your niche and you can kind of share audiences. Because it might be the case that someone who's followed you for the last eight months hasn't bought anything, but they might go on a a live with somebody else and kind of just connect with that person and then they buy from that person. You might say that's bad, Simon, but literally they could do it the other way as well. So it kind of works and you can kind of start to grow your account, your social media, your following. And again, if you're doing this, you're sowing the seeds before your launch, way before your launch, you will have that audience ready and waiting for when you actually go live with your product and come to sell something. The other way that you can do it is guest posting. So lots of Um, content creators out there give you the opportunity to create guest posts. Chris Doe, for example, I myself have the opportunity to do guest posts uh, on my Instagram page. Uh, Christos Nikas, as well is another creator who, you know, frequently offers the opportunity to do guest posts. Lucas O'Keefe as well. And that's a great way for you to get, you know, in with that audience and kind of get your way into building an audience faster than you can on your own. Because, Again, let's go with the principle that your piece of content fills a gap that they don't do. So for example, I did a post for Christos Nikas, which was all about copywriting, and he doesn't necessarily do many posts on copywriting. So by me saying, hey Christos, here's a piece of content for you that's really good for your niche, it's not something you talk about very often, if at all, and I think it's gonna be really great for you. He puts it out there, he gets a free piece of content, he gets you know really great engagement, and then I, in return, get, I think, from that one post, maybe 600 followers in a couple of days. Getting 600 followers on your own takes many, many, many months. Whereas if you're accessing other networks through giving high amounts of value, you can start to build up your following. And if you're building up that following strategically before your launch, well, you've got far more people to sell to than you otherwise would have. And another example, I did a post for Lucas O'Keefe, and I think I got around about 1,000 followers in four days just by creating a piece of content that was suitable, resonated with his audience, and then the sort of reciprocal effect with, of that was that I attracted new followers to my business at the same time. So by building referral networks and collaborations, we create bigger audiences before we go live. And if you're continuously doing this, you know, let's say, for example, you launch an ebook And that's one launch. But if you keep going through this referral network process and this collaboration process, well, let's say you have three to four launches per year. You might have one for Black Friday. You might have one for the new year. You might have a spring Easter campaign. You might have a summer campaign, something like that. If you're always continuously trying to grow and collaborate and build networks, well, each time you come to one of those launches, you've got you know, several thousand new people that you could potentially start to market to and sell your product to. So you're an ever-growing audience that you can sell to. I want you to realize this, is actually you don't need you know, 100,000 followers. You just need the right networks. That's the key thing. Number 5, secret tip number 5 is to plan your launch meticulously. And the one thing that I would recommend is talk about your launch far more than you're actually comfortable with. Too many people think it's going to be like oh one post and one live or one story sequence and oh, I don't want to overload my audience. Trust me, you're not. Most people will not see your posts. Whether that's via the Instagram algorithm sort of restricting reach to a certain amount of people or whether whether it's a case of somebody was just busy on that day or they didn't scroll down their feed far enough, all of these different sorts of things, you've really got to, push your launch. Now, there's multiple ways in which you can do that. Obviously, you can do feed posts, you can do stories, you can do lives, you can do podcasts, you can go on YouTube some uh, YouTube uh, videos and be interviewed. You can do all these different sorts of things. You can create a countdown to your launch, so many different opportunities, but plan it meticulously. The key other thing then is create urgency with your early bird offer. So We talked before about this 24-hour offer that I did for Canva Content Mastery, where if you were on the pre-registration email list, you got access to an exclusive price for 24 hours before the big launch. So there was an incentive to be on that email list, but I also did an early bird offer. So if you missed that, well, I offered then the course for 99 pounds for the next seven days. So you then has seven days to get it at 99 pounds. And if it you didn't get it within that seven days, it goes up to 149. So I'm creating a need to buy that product now. So it makes sense that if you think this is a product that is good for you, that's going to help you in your business, buy it now before the price increases. And now the price is $199, with certain promotions discounting that throughout the year. So effectively, if you were in that first kind of tranche where you pre-register your email, well, then you got a massively good deal on that particular online product. So by creating urgency, scarcity with your early bird offers, you create the urgency for people to pay for that product right now. Now, as a little bonus tip, I'm going to throw this in, let's call this secret number six, is that you need to provide upsells and downsells. So for example, if I use Canva Content Mastery as a working example, so what happens with Canva Content Mastery is when someone goes through the checkout, is they're then offered an upsell, the option to have Canva templates, my personal template pack. So all of the you know content I produce on social media is I've created templates for those carousels and things like that. So I give the people an option to say, hey. If you want the exact templates that I use, well, here you go. Here's an offer. And I create that offer for them if they want to, you know, because you could take the course and you could spend, you know, ages and hours and, you know, creating your own templates. Or you could say, actually, I'll just take those templates, modify them a little bit. And then I've kind of accelerated my way to um, really high quality content, really by, you know, just buying my way there. So I give people the option to do that. Now that upsell, Is purchased by 50% of the people that buy the course. So, you know, that is a lot of people purchasing and giving me additional money just by offering that additional upsell at the point of checkout. Now, there's a discount on that as well. So, by if they don't purchase there and then at the checkout and they want it a later date, the price goes up. So, again, we're creating a specific need to buy that now. So, again, Upsells are really, really good and it has to be relevant to the product and so on and so forth. A downsell might be that, let's say, for example, someone's on your pre-registration email list and then they don't end up buying, which is fine because, you know, most people actually won't buy our product. You know, we don't uh, end up selling to 100% of the people that uh, ever inquire with us or go on our social media or anything like that. Often it's a case that most people don't buy But that may be for many different reasons. It could be the price point, it could be the fact that where they are in their business right now they can't afford it and all these different sorts of things, right? Maybe they just invested in some other business coaching or another course and it's just not the right time for them. But they might be able to afford or want to buy something of lower value. So maybe let's say you were launching an online course and a bunch of people didn't buy within the launch period, then maybe you can offer them something at a much cheaper price that is enables you to get a sale, but it's not necessarily the full amount. So for example, if I just use one off the top of my head, let's say for example, the Canva Content Mastery course, right? So the course at the moment is priced at 1.99. So if someone goes through the checkout, they're offered the upsell of the pro templates that help them kind of you know make better content without actually having to do it themselves. Now I could say, okay, if someone didn't buy the course, they never saw that template offer. So I could then say, okay, they were on my pre-registration email list and they didn't buy the product. So what about if I downsell and just offered them the templates and then said, okay, well, I might not make 199, but I could make 50 pounds by, by giving you these templates. And that would be a way to, again, maximize sales because just because someone didn't buy the main product that you were pitching, doesn't mean that they won't buy anything at all. Maybe it's just they need a different offer to push them to the point of sale. So again, we're trying to just offer these great products that are really gonna help people solve their problems, but we need to do it in a way that helps them really kind of come to that decision for themselves that this is the right product and it is going to help them. And if we back that up by creating awesome products that people love and people want and deliver the goods, well, then it's the best of both worlds. We are getting, you know, financial compensation for all of the great work that we put into these digital products, but also our audience is getting amazing benefit and value from all of the things that we create. So they are my six tips for your five-figure launch. Let's go go through them once again. It was five and a bonus tip, right? Have a great idea that you are sure your audience want. That's number one. Number two, start your launch before you create your product. That's number two. Exceed expectations and get people talking. That's number three. Number four, build a referral network and leverage other people's followings. And number five, plan your launch and do everything you can to maximize sales. Finally, number six, upsells and downsells again as a way to maximize your sales. So they are your five top tips for your five-figure launch. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I enjoyed creating it for you. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, if you've got this far, make sure that you do click the link in the show notes. Make sure you go and register your free place for my free webinar on the 29th and 30th of September, which is all about how to create carousels that sell. And remember, if you do jump on that and you do register your interest and you do register your place on that free webinar, you're in with the chance of winning a prize worth over £500. So again, click the link in the show notes or go to canvacontentmastery.com forward slash carousel. But for now, thank you for listening to the Social Mavericks podcast, and I'll see you soon for the next episode of the show.